You're listening to the Counterculture Mom Show. Our kids are under fire every day with the media and pop culture persuading them to give up their faith and Christian values. Stay tuned now as former Hollywood actress and pop culture expert Tina Griffin helps you counter these messages and safely navigate today's pop culture chaos. That's right, everybody. Get your seatbelt on. We're talking about the truth behind the vaccine shots, jabs, what I like to call biohazard weapon is my choice of words, and how to reclaim our medical freedoms with none other than guru A.J. DePriest, founder of Tennessee Liberty Network. A.J., thank you for coming back on for part two. Couldn't get enough of you, woman. Thank you. Ditto. <laughs> you are something else. Well, you have me at the edge of my seat. I'm like, there's no way we can stop talking about this stuff. We have gangster money we're talking about upcoming here. A lot of dirt being revealed. But the first thing I want to talk about is you left us hanging in episode one. If you haven't seen episode one, you have to watch it. Stop right now. Go back to one. Watch it. It sets up the stage for this one. You said there were certain things that schools had to enforce on the kids in the building in order to get the last third of the funding. Can you explain again what some of those major bullet points are? Right. First were the CDC mandates related to masking and and all of those awful CDC things we talked about, but also... Part of those requirements include instruction of social emotional learning curriculum, which we all know is CRT, just with a little bit of makeup on it. Yep. And mental health requirements, which are utterly terrifying because of what we've seen in other states codified into law, mental health programs um, forced on children without parental knowledge and consent. There's also uh, there's also an environmental issue that we discovered, and that's uh, there's a product called Grenard Pure which is um, a very toxic substance called triethylene glycol, T-E-G, that, um, that, is, that is not only toxic to adults, but very toxic to children and anyone with breathing difficulties. And we're seeing a lot of schools across America, none in Tennessee yet, but a lot of schools across America are starting to um, uh, revamp or, or upgrade their HVAC systems. And they're adding this Grenard Pure to their air purification systems. So parents really need to find out if your school is using this, you need to petition and demand that they remove it because our capital here in Tennessee was using it in the lawmakers building in Cordell Hall. And some of our lawmakers became so ill, they couldn't even work in their offices and they had to remove that product and remediate the areas so the lawmakers could go back to work. So imagine what that's doing to children. This is so critical. I was reading about this two years ago, and I think that it cropped up first in Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. Georgia and Tennessee. Yes. Um, This is so demonic because here where my brain is going right now, they're pumping that toxic chemicals in the air with our kids breathing it in Mm -hmm. during public school hours. Then the kids get sick. Then people might think it's COVID related. Then we have these vaccine pods cropping up around the country to get a shot. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in, but truth will set us free. More from AJ Dupree right after a word from our sponsor. Approximately half of all kids are exposed to porn by accident. However, you can help your child quit porn or never even start by having accountability. The Covenant Eyes app monitors your child's devices while the Victory app gives you a comprehensive feed of their device activity and alerts you if explicit material is accessed. Get Covenant Eyes free for 30 days by texting the word VICTORY to the number 66866. That's VICTORY to 66866. Let's keep our kids porn free. 
Okay, AJ, people, we do not want you to be suicidal, depressed. There is hope at the end of this. We know God is in control. He's exposing all of it. People are awake, not woke. Pray for the woke. Make them awake. AJ, things are not looking good for our nation's schools. What recourse do parents have with their children and government schools? I know one is homeschooling. What else you got to say about that? Yeah, no, We used to say get them out as a last resort because so many parents would say, oh, if we take them out, they win. But Honestly, when you look at the trajectory of things, it, it, it appears that they've won and it's so hard to fight it. So if you can get your kids out, you should. But if you have to leave them in, then there are a number of things that you can do. And one is you need to take an army to those school board meetings yes. and take that same army to your superintendent's office because your school board may or may not know what's going on. But you can, you can, if you live in a state where you can pursue the bond on elect on elected people, then you can try that route. We don't, we don't recommend that and talk about it because it can have, it can be expensive. It could take a long time. You can be countersued. A lot of things can go wrong. But I have heard of some success with getting school boards to change their mind when people go after their bonds. If we can take over Congress and repeal the interim final requirements from the ARP Act, then we've effectively ripped all of those awful guts that are harming kids in our schools out of that. But even more, even more important than that, though, is repealing and getting rid of once and for all our national level public health emergency, the PHE, everything. Everything in our healthcare system that we're dealing with, everything in education right now rides on that public health emergency because that PHE, as long as it's in effect and it's renewed every three months, then the big payments go to hospitals for the deadly NIH protocols. The big payments go to employers to force the vaccination. All of the, the money going to schools and the ESSER funding, all that would end with the, with the PHE ending. And a lot of people don't know that our Congress voted to end the public health emergency in early March, and they passed it 48 to 47. Then what's happening? It went to Biden's desk. He vetoed it, and then he renewed the PHE for another three months in April. AJ, our nation's lawmakers, we've talked about it. They're spineless, lawless, most of them, both mm -hmm. in education and in our health care system. How are the CMS, Centers for Medical Services, and other government agencies involved in the destruction of patient rights and the Hippocratic Oath aspect? This just blows my mind. Well, the hospitals, um, the doctors and the nurses who have left the healthcare system, um, they have had their licenses threatened by, by, by or organizations that aren't, aren't even, aren't even, they're not legal organizations. They don't pass laws. They're just, you know, statewide regulatory agencies. And a lot of those doctors and nurses have left. So we know there are shortages, but the ones that have stayed, um, I don't know how they can be complicit and keep doing this, but these protocols that are exclusively NIH protocols, they're not allowed to go outside of that. And, and if they do, then the hospital loses a lot of money on COVID patients. And if you want to talk about how much money hospitals make, we can go into that. But, um, but the, but the, the CDs, the, the uh, CMS, which is Centers for Medicare and Medicaid, um, they issued waivers that would allow hospitals to basically treat patients and their families like they don't have rights, forcing medications without consent, 
um, forcing people on a ventilator without consent, forcing them on remdesivir and dialysis without consent, refusing any other treatments because it's not part of that specific NIH protocol. And it's all tied really to money. There is a very specific agenda to eliminate a segment of our population that costs the most to society. That's the elderly and people who are on Medicaid, people who have Down syndrome, people who have multiple comorbidities, and they are systematically eliminating this segment of the population. And we've even seen evidence where they talk about how much money they save, they will save in the future because these people will not be a drain on the CMS and Medicare system. You are absolutely correct. And if you look at Georgia Guidestones, which I saw in person about 15, 20 years ago, when I first heard about the Georgia Guidestones by some people that used to be connected with the government and got out that I met on a movie set, nonetheless, in Hollywood, go figure. When I'm doing research, they're like, what are you researching? And one conversation led to the next, to another person, to another person, all basically exposing to me 25 years ago, the depopulation plot, to a point where it goes to literally wiping about 90 to 95% of us off the face of the earth. And they're doing that. They're doing that right now. The most deceptive thing about all this, we don't know how many people are dying, even in our backyard, because the news is not reporting it because they're owned and controlled by the very same people that are killing us. Right. So the shot. Get yeah. The only way you we'll know is find out how many somebody. people are dying from the shots. But, but you know, they yeah. do report the COVID deaths in hospitals. And, and the crazy thing is, you know, the, the CMS and, and, and HHS all say that the people at most risk are the elderly and people with multiple comorbidities. And those are the people who are indeed dying in hospitals on ventilators. Yes. But, but, but them. here's the lie though. Here's the lie. And people need to know this. People who reach out to FLCCC and the Adam group and get early treatment in our, and treat their COVID at home. Those are the same people. They are the elderly. They are people with multiple comorbidities. They are people who are 400 pounds overweight, who are smokers, who have stage four cancer. But when those people get early treatment and even on the spot treatment for COVID with primary care doctors who give them the right medications and the right doses at the right times, those people sur survive. So the narrative that it's the comorbidities and the age of people that are killing them from COVID in hospitals, we know that's not true because those people survive with early treatment outside yeah. hospitals. Absolutely. And they want those sections of the population gone first. There's like a wave of four stages that I was researching on who they want to wipe out in different stages. It's that demonic. They have a plot written with a chart. It's nuts. I've shown in a previous episode, probably honestly, my... COVID shot jab series back in August. Everyone has to see that four-part series. What an eye-opener. So this is not a shocker to me. They're lying to us. They want us dead. One extra thing I want to throw in the mix here is with this Hippocratic Oath, the very demonic thing I see right off the bat is the symbol. Um, this is two snakes surrounding a staff that's used by the whole health industry now commonly associated with medicine, originally was the wand of the Greek god Hermes, messenger of the gods. So this is also, I've shared this before, witchcraft and sorcery. That's what pharmakia means. It's just wild how it's right there in front of us. Okay, moving on to the last 47 questions. Why have so many COVID patients died in the hospitals? What's the agenda here? And you already talked a little bit about remdesivir, the, the thing I want to have you talk about is remdesivir. Obviously, we talked about it in part one. It fills the patient's lungs with fluid. 
They then are thrown on a ventilator. And I know that you were talking with them three days. They are dead. In the very beginning with COVID, I was told and did research on this, that hospitals were getting paid a kickback of $39,000 per patient that died while on a ventilator. Is that still happening today? Can you give us some more information about that and remdesivir? Yes. Um, the, the protocols serve a twofold purpose. One, to eliminate that segment of the population who cost the most to society. But the second is to flood hospitals with reimbursement money from Medicare and Medicaid services and other insurance companies. And that's why those particular people are being targeted. So this is what we found. The financial incentives are all tied to the NIH protocols exclusively. It's a one size fits all treatment that's never happened in the history of medicine where every person is treated exactly the same and doctors are not allowed to go outside of that. And so they're given remdesivir and a lot of them are given um, sedatives in the emergency room because people are nervous, they can't breathe. And in Tennessee, if, a, if the hospital gives you any kind of sedative, then you cannot leave against medical advice. You can't check out AMA. So that's an important concept. And then they separate you from your family in the emergency room. And that's also part of the CMS waivers. And then they immediately want to start you on a five-day course of remdesivir. And immediately your organs start to shut down. And here's the problem with remdesivir. Even in the NIH protocols, it says that remdesivir should not be given um, past day seven of symptoms onset. Most people don't go to the hospital until they're on about day 10 to 15 of COVID. So they're already giving them a drug that even in the NIH protocols says they shouldn't give them because it is deadly and toxic. And, and they know that. Yes. They and know that. Right. Right. They know it. They do know it. And we know they know it. And so they, they start them on remdesivir. They have them on, on several different kinds of sedatives that all have one thing in common. They all are associated with respiratory depression. So if you give a COVID patient who's already having trouble breathing something like fentanyl or, um, or any of the other list of, of sedatives that we see normally used in COVID patient records, um, those are all going to decrease lung capacity, lung capability. And so then these people are usually put on dialysis because their organs are shutting down, and then they end up on a ventilator. So here's what we found with the financials. The hospitals have that one-size-fits-all NIH protocol that they do not budge from, and it's tied to what they call DRGs, which are diagnosis-related groups. And this is how we found out how much money they were getting for every COVID patient. Because CMS has set up these DRGs and a new ICD code was set up just for COVID. And DRGs are being reimbursed to hospitals at a much higher rate. So the first payment for hospitals comes from the CARES Act. Money was distributed through Health and Human Services, and all the hospitals in America were getting a certain amount of money per admission. Tennessee, $166,000 for every COVID admission. Oh, my gosh. And that's Tennessee. West Virginia was getting $471,000 for every COVID admission. Oh, my gosh. And that's just... Ed- yeah as in walking through the front doors and listed as a COVID patient. Majority of those people weren't even COVID patients. Then what happened as a result? They got another kickback once they threw on a ventilator and got a 
check in the mail for killing them on that? People wonder why West Virginia would get 471,000 for every COVID admission, where New York would get 12,000 for every COVID admission because the disparity, but really that money was based on the previous year's Medicare and Medicaid submissions. And so we know that West Virginia has more Medicare and Medicaid patients. That's why they got more. These inflated DRG payments that we found that are just part of, uh, part of this slide are just some of the DRG. There are hundreds and hundreds of DRGs associated with COVID, but these are DRGs that could be associated with just one patient. And this is a patient who came in with simple COVID and the hospital is reimbursed almost $9,300 for that, but they also might have a COVID-related illness that they will get reimbursed another 6,000. If they have bronchitis or asthma, they'll get another 4,900. And if they have AIDS, they'll get another 19,000. And so this, these DRGs add up. And if they can keep a patient on a vent, it has to be at least 96 hours on a vent. Um, less than that, and the vent payment is about 18,000. So they, it really behooves the hospital to keep a vent uh, uh, running on a, a COVID patient as long as possible because past 96 hours they get the big payment but the the total the total payment going to hospitals for for a complex covid inpatient and that's the entire remdes of your protocol that's the ventilator and probably dialysis is an average of about $293,000 and that's what hospitals will get reimbursed for a patient who goes through that. Unbelievable. For people tuning in via an audio, I'm just going to quickly rattle these off. The financial and other incentive to hospitals, like AJ just said, is just part of many. 3,700 acute respiratory distress syndrome, they get paid out. The 4,800 bucks for COVID-related bronchitis, asthma, $6,000 for other COVID-related illnesses that the same people that are giving the payouts, that are killing off the masses, that are now pushing and mandating that hospitals abide by. You can see all the dots connecting. $9,200 for simple COVID. 13,000 for COVID infection with acute kidney failure, 18,000 for COVID with HIV AIDS, which Dr. so-called Dr. Fauci was also a part of 30 years ago that I was researching on to wipe out this planet. And $40,000, little shy of that for a vent, as long as that person is shoved on a ventilator for at least 96 hours. I hope that everyone here tuning into this program today can see exactly what is going on once again from the pit of hell on our Americans and the globe as a whole. This is so eye-opening, AJ. More corruption after a word from our sponsor. I promise you when we come back, we're going to have some how-tos, what we can do, how to keep our family out of the hospitals and more, and how to pray for Bill Gates, Fauci, and all those evil cohorts. Christ died for them as well, but man, we got to get those people behind bars where they belong right after this word from our sponsor. Anxiety is at an all-time high, causing restlessness and paralyzing panic attacks. There is Hope, a revolutionary product that brings healing and relieves symptoms of anxiety by harnessing the body's own electrical fields in conjunction with a pre-programmed patch. The Restore Patch is an all-natural, drug-free, wearable patch, and it's risk-free with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Check out RestorePatch.com and get 10% off using promo code TINA at checkout. Stop feeling overwhelmed, fearful, and anxious with Restore Patch. So how can we protect ourselves and our family members from staying out of these hospitals and staying healthy? What are the tips you got? And then let us know where to go to get more information. 
early treatment, early treatment, early treatment. The first, the very first sign of symptoms, you need to have a good primary care doctor who will prescribe the right medications, the safe, effective medications. And if you have trouble finding a primary care doctor, there are so many ways to find it. You can go to myfreedoctor.com. You can go to um, a P, a DPC Mapper. Dot com and that will help you find primary care doctors or you can reach us on our website um, the adamgroup.net and finding that primary care doctor to give you the proper medications to get better and stay out of the hospital now we know now that there are some outpatient uh, medications being administered that are just as deadly as remdesivir and those new drugs if your doctor is going to prescribe them you say no because they're now using remdesivir on an outpatient basis in, in pill form. In the hospital, it's IV, but it's still deadly remdesivir in a pill form. And if your doctor wants to give you remdesivir, you have to say no, because it is just as deadly. There's also new drugs. Uh, there's molnupiravir. There's Paxlovid. They stopped all of the monoclonal antibodies because they were actually helping people and keeping them out of the hospital. So they put the kibosh on that. But all of these new drugs, you need to stay away from them because they're not only making the hospitals and the doctors a lot of money, but they're very deadly. So find a protocol with a doctor who will treat you with, go to the FLCCC website, look at their protocol. That's the protocol that saves lives. It's safe, it's effective, it's inexpensive. And every single person that dies in the hospital, those people, can survive. No one has to die in a hospital. Absolutely. That's COVID-19, the number 19, criticalcare.com, COVID-19, criticalcare.com. That leads you right to the FLCCC Alliance. AJ, I remember something that God dumped in my brain while you said something earlier about the sedative that's given to people when they're a patient in the hospital so they can't leave within a certain number of hours. We just exposed the demonic plot of that, the same globalists that want to depopulate this planet on our pro-life series. Everybody must tune into that. First week, mm -hmm. go to that because what they are doing now and have, have been doing for a while is when people go in to have an abortion, they are given um, a sedative and so they can't leave legally for a couple of hours and they get drowsy right. and out of it. And before you know it, they end up having the abortion and they don't remember much of it with right. the killing of that baby because of the fact that they've been drugged up. It's all a plot. Also, you mentioned the pills that they're now giving people that could kill them outside of that hospital with remdesivir and other drugs you just listed off. The Plan C pill is also now being sent via mail to have girls who want to have an abortion just pop this Plan C pill that comes in their mailbox. This is insanity, all from the same people, once again, to kill us off, to control us, whoever's left. Just watch mm -hmm. any previous episode. All the dots will start to come connect here. We have to drive people over to, once again, theadamgroup.net. Can you give us a couple of quick top links that they should go to right now to get info on what you're working on if they need help? Um, if you want to know about preventing COVID, there is a link for that. And then there is another link for finding um, primary care resources for treating COVID at home. And there are lots and lots of um, resources on there for finding not only protocols, but organizations to help you find a doctor. We can help you find a primary care doctor in Tennessee if you need one. Well, really anywhere. People write us from all over the United States. 
and we use our resources to help find them good primary care doctors. And worst of all, I mean, we hate having this service, but if you find yourself in a hospital or if someone you love is in a hospital, if we can get them out in a healthy way to save them, then we will absolutely do everything we can. We've done it. We've gone in and taken people out. We jailbroke my own dad, my 86-year-old dad, out of an Oklahoma hospital, and he's alive Woo! today. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we jailbroke him and got him out, but we're doing it all over the country. But sometimes sometimes COVID patients in the hospital are so sick, and there is no way to, to safely remove them from the hospital. And in that case, we want family in there so they don't die alone. Once they're on a ventilator, there is so little we can do to save them, but they should not be alone. And so we're doing everything we can to get families in to be with them. Absolutely. You are absolutely phenomenal. I've learned so much from you in this two-part series. Everybody, once again, you have to watch part one, part two, share it with the masses. If you're listening to this via radio or podcast, you must watch it. Go to counterculturemom.com. Share those episodes. Download our Counterculture Mom app. It's the one-stop shop to get all of the info at your fingertips of what mainstream media is hiding regarding the truth with COVID, our healthcare system, our education, our pop culture, all of it. A lot of life is pumping through that Counterculture Mom app. We have a team of 15 just on that app alone to make sure the power is back in your hands as a parent. AJ, you are absolutely a phenomenal... uh, woman, warrior, working for the Lord here over time. Thank you so much for working so hard to help save so many lives. It's an honor to have you on the program. You're let's, killing it. <laughs> well, you're killing it. Now I'm like going 90 miles an hour because of you, but let's team up and do some damage together. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Thanks for joining us for the Counterculture Mom Show with your host, Tina Griffin. For over two decades, Tina has traveled the globe exposing how pop culture is glamorizing harmful behaviors without showing the consequences and how these messages are wreaking havoc on today's youth. Through radio, TV, podcasts, and our app, Counterculture Ministries is reaching millions every week with a biblically-based message for hope for today's teens and their parents. But we can't do that without your faithful prayer and financial investment. If you appreciate the ministry of Tina and Counterculture Ministries, would you prayerfully consider a generous gift right now? We have a donor matching dollar for dollar. You can give securely online by visiting counterculturemom.com or by texting the word DONATE to the number 55444. That's counterculturemom.com or text the word DONATE to the number 55444. Every dollar is doubled. If you love this show, you can stay up to date on the latest critical issues affecting your family by catching all of our weekly episodes with resource links, signing up for our e-newsletter, and downloading our Counterculture Mom app, where you get timely pop culture alerts. Visit counterculturemom.com for more details. And be sure to join us next week for another edition of the Counterculture Mom Show with Tina Griffin, where we are rewriting Hollywood script for our kids. 